Hey there, it's Vashti Sarah. Welcome back to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. And for those of you who this is not your first time, welcome back. It's Wednesday, it's podcast day, and you have tuned in once again to listen to Post Blog podcast. So here's the thing. This season is almost through. We are at episode 20. And typically what I do is we get to 21 episodes and then take a break and we get right back into it. During that break, I look for different speakers, pray about the direction of the podcast, and I prepare for the season to come so that, you know, for me, I'm not backlagged or backlogged. I think that's the right term, uh, or at least the right way to say it in terms of podcasting. But here's the thing. Season five will be a lot different. I'll just prepare you now. After this episode, we have one more and then there'll be a short break and we should launch again. Mm, I don't want to make any promises, but we will launch again. And with that launch will come some crazy, awesome, amazing twists. So I hope you're prepared for it. Some of you guys might make some comments, but it is what it is. You did, you do good, you get comments, you do bad, you get comments. So that's something I've learned to live with over the years. Anyways, just be prepared for that change. If you're curious, shoot me a message and ask me what it is, but I'm excited for it. It's good change. It's exciting change. And I think it's change that a lot of you will like and appreciate. So Just look forward to it and I can't wait for what's to come for the whole podcasting um, side of things. So anyways, let's jump into today's episode. I want you to think for a second, whether you're in your car, you're at home, you're winding down for the day, you're cooking a meal. I want you to just think for a moment of a time you have mourned, a time where you've gone through a lot of sorrow, a time where sadness was the premise of your life. I want you to think about that for a minute. If you're cooking, probably um, keep an eye on your stove, but (laughs) just think about it for a minute. A moment where you cried really harsh tears. A moment where you maybe felt alone. Maybe that overwhelming sense of depression was trying to creep in or it crept in. Think about that. And now I want you to think about a moment where you experienced a ton of joy, where you danced, maybe not literally, but figuratively. A moment where you felt completely on top of the world, where everything about you radiated the joy of the Lord. A lot of the times when we look at joy and we look at sorrow, we view them as opposites. We view that moment where we shift from joy to sorrow, that they're opposing each other. If you have sorrow, you can't have joy. If you have joy, you can't have sorrow. But the reality is joy and sorrow really aren't opposites. And that's what I want to talk about today and break that somewhat of a stigma towards sorrow. A lot of us want joy. A lot of us want to experience the joys and the pleasures of life, but we reject sorrow 
we run away from it. And uh, the thing is, and the truth of that is, whenever we're approached with sorrow, we build walls. We say we don't want to experience that. We don't want to face that reality. So we pretend as if the sorrow does not exist. Psalm 30 verse 5 says that joy comes in the morning and the morning is spelled as morning day. But what I have found is that joy actually comes in the morning with the U in there, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Joy comes from that morning. It's not an opposite. It's not if not sorrow, then there's joy, or if not joy, then there's sorrow. I think Christianity, and maybe it's more than just Christianity, it's culture in itself. We loathe with self-pity when we go through times of sorrow. We reject the presence of the Lord. We reject that experience with God and we say we cannot experience joy in this sorrow. We cannot experience the fullness of the Lord in this sorrow. And we allow ourselves to remain in that rut until the opposite effect happens. And once we believe we've experienced healing, once we believed we've walked through that sorrow, we say, joy, you are welcome to come in. Sorrow, you no longer exist. And like I said, we treat them as opposites. But what I've come to realize is while joy comes in the morning, it might come eventually, joy also comes in the morning, in the grieving process, in the moments where we are downcast, we're faced before the Lord, crying our eyes out, praying for a miracle. Joy and sorrow aren't competing against each other. They aren't fighting against each other. They aren't opposing entities. They actually mingle together and they mingle in our lives as long as we live. They coexist. Joy cannot exist without sorrow. Sorrow cannot exist without joy. And I think too often we believe that lie that in order to experience joy, we don't have sorrow. In order to experience the fullness of the Lord, we don't go through trials of many kinds. And it's a big lie. It's a big fat lie, actually. My earliest memory of sorrow is when I was a kid and I remember my grandma's sister passed away. One of her sisters passed away and I remember everyone crying and everyone wearing black and everyone just very sorrowful. And that was my first experience of sorrow. And then shortly after another one of her sisters passed away and I was a little bit older then and, you know, went to the funeral, everyone dressed in black. I had on my black puffy dress with black bow and um, black stockings and frilly socks and those those like shiny black shoes. (laughs) Very trendy at the time, I guess. But I remember again, everyone sorrowful, crying, tears and my grandma grieving. And then sorrow presented itself once more during my teenage years. Many times, actually. 
one of them was the, one of the most pivotal moments in my life that shifted and pivoted, you know, the reality of who I was, my concept of who Jesus is, my concept of what love is and trust. And I've shared that story before, but it was when I experienced hurt and pain, not just within the church, but physical hurt and pain from being violated by a member of the church. And that sorrow, or in that sorrow, I learned to find joy, which is odd. For so many years after that moment, after after the violation occurred, I remember blaming the Lord, blaming myself, blaming my parents and just all these different things, just trying to find where can I blame? Where can I, where can I pinpoint blame to, to cast that sorrow on? And not until I truly experience, and I'm going through an emotionally healthy spirituality course right now, but when I went through the course the first time, And this is after going through counseling, this is after going through uh, therapy, where all of those tools, 1 million percent helped, those avenues helped tremendously. But going through the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, I was able to pinpoint how I separated sorrow and joy, how I viewed them as opposing entities and not realizing that despite the hurt, despite the the ugly of that mess, I can find joy within that. And my joy is presented in many different ways. And that's what I want to encourage you who's listening, where you might find your sorrow as one of the most difficult things you're walking through right now, or you've walked through in the past. And you might reject the sorrow. You might reject the pain. You might reject that experience. But I want you to, I want to encourage you to walk through that. I want you, or I want to encourage you to not reject those emotions, not reject the process of healing and not be blinded to see that there is joy within that process. Like I mentioned, the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course by Peter Scazzaro. I think that's how you say his name. Phenomenal book, phenomenal course. They also have one on emotionally healthy relationship. And my husband and I did both courses and now we're leading the course at our church for one of our small groups. And it's, it's, it's honestly life-changing. It helped me to see and pinpoint areas in my life where I had compartmentalize those emotions and I separated them. And while I may have healed, I still had a separation between joy and sorrow. I always looked at my past as a sorrowful thing and which it is, it, it, it is sorrowful, but I never moved past the sorrow to joy. I never moved past to the sorrow from joy in the morning. It just remained a sorrow for me. It just remained a part of my life that I didn't really want to talk about or enjoy talking about unless I felt like talking about it. It became a part of my story that was more of a dent rather than healing actually existed. It was a part of my story where if you can imagine this with me, it's a heart 
you know, your full heart, but there's a little X marks a spot where you've been injured. That's, that's how that part of my life looked. And too often we allow those hurt and pains, whether it be you got hurt physically, emotionally, mentally, maybe you lost someone really close to you. We keep allowing that pain and that sorrow to remain at X marks, marks the spot versus finding joy within that pain. And very few of us live with unmitigated joy and sorrow. Very few. Because the normal Christian, what we experience, we say is an equal measure of joy and sorrow. Why? Because they're opposing entities. Well, we have equal measure there. We say we experience something very trying and then after that joy comes and we have a long extended period of, period of joy, which overwrites the sorrow for most of us, that is. But what we don't see is that when we endure trials and disappointments, when it's fixed on Jesus, he has the capacity to give us a measure of his joy, even in tragedy, even in trying times. When we endure these hardships, whether it be losing a family member, some of you probably have lost a mom or a dad or a sibling, and that's hard. I don't, I, I know I'll have to probably experience that someday, but I pray that the Lord prolongs that moment because just the thought of it brings tears to my eyes. But what I've found is no matter what your tragedy looks like, no matter what your sorrow looks like, when our eyes is set on the Lord, I will say it again, he has the capacity to give us a measure of joy, even in the tragedy. That we can have hope, that we can have a turning point where we can, where we can give our disappointments over to him and have both joy in the morning and the morning where we don't have to wait for a season to shift in order to experience joy. We don't have to wait for something grand to happen to experience joy. And I wish I had known this many, many years ago because I lived with that morning for a very long time. I lived with that X marks the spot on that portion of my life for a very, very long time. And yes, I'm 27, but it's been a hot minute that I've left that X marks the spot on that portion of my testimony where I viewed it as the soiled part of my life. I viewed it as the negative part of my life. I viewed it as the, the broken part of my life, which it is broken. What happened was broken. What happened was a tragedy. What happened was awful. I, I wish it never happens to anyone. Because the emotional turmoil, the mental turmoil, it does, it beats you up from the inside out. And then bringing that into marriage brought on its own messy, ugly face. But with emotional health, with being emotionally healthy, you're able to find joy in the morning. You're able to move past 
the rut of sorrow that says you have to remain here and wait until the joy comes. No, you don't really have to wait. Once you have your eyes set on the Lord, that joy can coexist with the sorrow. So if you are going through a very trying time, if you are going through mourning, and maybe you're secretly going through mourning, Maybe you are secretly in a prison. No one knows that you are sad. No one knows that you are going through a trying time or trying times. For some of you, you might be in a season of many, many sorrows. You've had loss after loss after loss. And you might think, Lord, how much more can there be? I want you to, I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus and allow him to give you the measure of joy that only he can give you. My hope is that you remove that separation of joy and sorrow and that you'll be able to realize that they can coexist. You don't have to wait 10 years after your healing to experience joy. You can experience joy right now, even in your loss. You can experience joy right now, even in your tragedy. You can experience joy even as you are facing the Goliath, the mountain before you. You can experience joy. Joy comes in the morning. And here's the crazy thing is the morning comes every 24 hours. Does it not? Joy comes every 24 hours or the morning comes every 24 hours. And that's, I think, I think that's the perspective the uh, psalmist was trying to convey. That sorrow doesn't need to last that long. Sorrow doesn't really, I mean, we choose Oftentimes we choose to allow sorrow to drag out longer than it needs to. But I've said this many a times in previous episodes. A lot of what we're going through has an expiration date, but we choose not to see the expiration date. And that's why we're pretty rotten inside. That's why how we speak, how we respond, how we act is pretty rotten. It smells pretty funky. And it's because it's been expired a very long time. It's it's been expired a hot minute ago. But we keep consuming it. We keep consuming the sorrow. We keep consuming the, the, the shame. We keep consuming the tragedy. And what we don't realize, the tragedy we're doing to ourselves and others is that we're stopping that progression. We're, stop, we're hindering that growth in our faith. So that's my encouragement to you. Hopefully an encouragement that is is to strive to be emotionally healthy by by not, first of all, not ignoring the emotions of sorrow. Secondly, removing that disconnect between sorrow and joy and seeing that they can coexist. And the only way we can see that they coexist is if we trade our disappointments over to the Lord and allow him to give us a measure of joy only he can give us. And thirdly, choose to not prolong your sorrow. Joy comes in the morning. It doesn't need to take 20 years. It doesn't need to take 50 years. It'll take time. Let me tell you, grieving takes time. And it comes in waves. There are many times where 
emotions will just resurface where dreams will come and that fear will overwhelm me and I'll have these panic moments and I have to sit and pray and remind myself where the Lord has brought me. Remind myself that the Lord has called me redeemed and whole, that I am no longer scarred, that I'm no longer wounded. And there's no longer X that marks the spot, but I am fully new in him. Joy comes in the morning and in the morning. Allow it. Give it room to be there. The Lord has your back and he wants you to experience the fullness of joy. He wants you to experience that beauty that exists in the sorrow. And while it might be painful, while it might be uncomfortable, I urge you to welcome that joy. I urge you to welcome his presence and create space and room for rejoicing in the sorrow. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for joining me on Post Blog. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons. Stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. Same time, same place next week. I love y'all. But remember, God loves you most.